The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Second hour, Pure Opelka. Kicking off uh, the second hour as we get moving and grooving here. An hour from right now, Dr. Wendy joins us. Wendy Patrick, PhD, lawyer, trial lawyer. Somebody I respect in that world, and we're going to talk about law. Some of the interesting cases in the law. Yeah, I want to know about the one about the um, involuntary manslaughter from the text messages. It doesn't sound innocent at first, and then you look at it, and there's more to it. We'll get to that an hour from now, so come on back. We're also watching any updates on what's going on in both Paris and London the terror attack in Paris where the car rammed into a mobile police unit and uh, in the car that the, the terrorist was driving, they found weapons and explosives. He's dead. And then in London, we're still trying to find out whether or not they're treating it as terror, whether it was uh, a retribution, a revenge motive, or if it was um, Islamic terror. We don't know. Uh, and, and don't jump to conclusions. And uh, we have yet to get into what I thought was a pretty solid favor from, from um, Newt Gingrich yesterday on the talk shows as he made the rounds. He and Jay Sekulow were everywhere yesterday. Everywhere. But I wanted to continue the discussion about cell phones and kids under the age of 13 There's a group in Colorado that's trying to ban cell phones, smartphones, essentially, for kids younger than 13. And they're trying to put it on the ballot. The interesting thing here is the the law they're proposing would actually penalize the retailer. First offense, warning, after that, anywhere from $500 to $20,000 in fines for each incidence of a retailer knowingly selling a cell phone to a person under the age of 13 or to an adult who intends to give it to a person under the age of 13. Again, we have to judge intent. What did we, I I brought up, are we going to do background checks now? But they want documented responses to this question that then are filed monthly with the Department of Revenue. We're creating more and bigger government. Colorado, what the hell is going on with you people? 
You used to be a reliable red state. You're becoming a deep blue state. You're purple right now. But one of the interesting points here, and again, the smartest audience ever is this audience. You guys are on top of this. Uh, the Duchess of Kofefe, a.k.a. at Stacy Rippy on the Twitter, at Stacy Rippy writes, while I am not for more regulation, I am completely for getting info to public on how detrimental early smartphone use is. And that's, that's where this article kind of wins some support. The American Academy of Pediatrics has put out guidelines for smartphone use in kids. And the, the Academy, which is, again, all doctors who deal with little ones, says children younger than 18 months should avoid the use of screen media other than video chatting. Screen media. First time I'd heard that term. They also say parents of children 18 to 24 months of age and up to two years old who want to introduce digital media should choose high quality programming and watch it with their children to help them understand what they're seeing. For kids two to five, limit screen use to one hour per day of high quality programming. Where are you going to find an hour of high quality programming? Parents should co-view media with children to help them understand what they are seeing and apply it to the world around them. Now, I, we all know parents who use iPads, portable media, tablet media as a babysitter. We all know. It. When I was a kid, we were plopped in front of the TV uh, at a very young age. I remember programs we watched at the age of five. So it was the boob tube, right? For children six and older, the American Academy of Pediatrics says, place consistent limits on the time spent using media, the types of media, and make sure media does not take the place of adequate sleep, physical activity, and other behaviors essential to health. Easy to say, right? Designate media-free times together, such as dining or driving, as well as media-free locations in the home, such as bedrooms. And have ongoing communication about online citizenship, safety, including treating others with respect online and offline. All of this is good information. But if the parent doesn't do it, I have friends who, who have instituted a no cell phone rule at the dinner table with their kids. When the family sits down to dinner, the cell phones go in a basket and they're taken into another room. And I would say shut them off, but they leave them on. But at least that's a start. Try yourself. Try yourself not to look into your cell phone during a meal, whether at home or out, whether you're with uh, your other half, a good friend, your kids, your coworkers. Just try and get through a meal without it and see if you can if it's tough for you, think of how tough it's going to be for kids because of the, the value they place on contact with their friends, the currency that is involved in digital communication, the weight at which they put on getting those responses to their stuff and then reacting to those responses. This is where a lot of this starts. But apparently, um, Dr. Farnham, says that a toddler could experience speech and language difficulties after constantly looking at screens. And I, I know what constantly looking at a laptop computer or a, 
or a computer screen has done. My vision is not as sharp as it used to be. But it's one of those things that if you make yourself get away, they say every, every hour, get out and go away for a few minutes and look at the world outside of you. I know it's a unique concept. It could help. But what about these kids? Where do you stand? Good idea? Bad idea? Do we ban the sale of smartphones? I, I'm against the ban of sale of smartphones to kids younger than 13. If a kid who's 12 years old has the money to buy a smartphone and if there's a law that says the kid can't buy it, if that kid has the money it takes to purchase that phone, you want to bet they're going to find a way to get a 13-year-old to buy it for him? I'm not saying it's the same thing as buying beer when you were 15 or 16 or 17 or 18 years old, as might have been the case in some of our lives, but it kind of runs parallel to that, doesn't it? So the ban in this case on the cell phone purchase seems kind of useless to me. What I think needs to be emphasized here is better parenting. So to the Colorado group that wants to create more government and more reporting and more forms to be sent to the Department of Revenue and more threats of fines over this, I think it's a, a gigantic waste of time. So thank you very much, Colorado. Thank you very much for that. To me, it's, it's an awful idea. If you have a thought, you want to weigh in, 888-900-3393. Do your kids under the age of 13, do they have cell phones? I don't have the problem, don't have the gift of children, so I don't have the issue. But if you, if you want more on this, uh, I'll tweet out a link to the story because I find it fascinating. And you know what? We'll try and ask Dr. Jorge. He joins us Wednesday for the, um, the, we the Wellness Wednesday. And we, we've already put in a request for Dr. Jorge to weigh in on whether or not the snorting of uh, chocolate, as reported this weekend, the snorting of chocolate is a good idea. Oh, you didn't hear that story? I'll share that with you around the break. I, I need to get an update because there are some updates out of um, the Middle East on, on the Syrian plane issue. And we'll, we'll catch up on that and give you the latest breaking news in that arena next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Puro Pelka. The update on the Russian thing. Look, we shot down a Syrian jet, a Syrian warplane. And now Russia, who has been supporting Bashar al-Assad, has told us, you guys cross, cross this one line. It's a line in the air, of course, the Euphrates River. We will consider you to be enemy, enemy aircraft and we will shoot you down. And at the same time, they unplugged the direct communication that we had had previously to make sure there was no conflict in our plans to patrol the skies over Syria. Well, so now we don't have communication and we've been told that we will be considered enemies if we cross that line. Interesting, right? They called uh, our shooting down of, of the Syrian warplane an act of aggression. I wonder what the Russians think the, the takeover of Ukraine was and Crimea. Was that an act of aggression? Really? Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. Um, I understand we have a call from West Virginia. Who's calling again from West Virginia? Holly is calling from West Virginia. Hello, Holly. How are you? Hi, I'm really doing good. I love your show. It's the first time I've ever called in, and I listen almost every day just as often as I can. And then I listen at night if I miss it. Well, God bless so, you. You are so kind. And, you know, I visited your fair state a couple of different occasions to a, a beautiful place called the Nemecolon. It's uh, Oh, no. Nemecolon, that's in Pennsylvania. No, I no, no. Really? Oh, oh you know what? You, originally, I've only been wait, in West Virginia a year. You are, you, I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. But we, when we drove to the Nemecolon, we stopped in, in West Virginia because that's where the Don Knotts Museum is. And it's oh, yeah. minutes from the Nemecolon. <laughs> I didn't know there was a museum. I've been here a year, but I've, I've been on Don Knotts Highway many times. <laughs> Well, there's an actual museum in, in honor of the great American actor, Don Knotts. And you're yes, so right. I'm so embarrassed. But the Nemecolon is there. So what's on your yeah. mind this Monday? So I wanted to address the issue of England possibly wanting to take the homes of rich people that are not occupied. Yes. So they consider that property. But in the future, perhaps they'll redefine property, how much money you have in the bank, how much you have in stocks and bonds, whatever they wanted to find it so that they can get some of it. Well, exactly. And who's to say that those of us who may have a food storage, that that wouldn't be considered as food banking, the way they looked at the empty homes as property banking, or like you said, your, right. your, your, your metals that you might have, those might be metal banking. And maybe those firearms you have, maybe we need to reassign those as well. It's yep, very they can disturbing. It however they want, whenever they want. And see, this is the reality that people don't realize is lurking out there. It's absolutely a real possibility that a government, once given uh, or all the restraints are removed, can come in and decide everything should be reallocated to uh, how they consider fairness to have been assigned. Uh, it's right, maddening, but, isn't but it? I don't. I don't think they remove them all at once. They just do it one step at a time, like starting in on these big homes that people say, yeah, I should have a piece of that. And then they just exactly. go another step and another step. And, and you know that the care and maintenance of that home will never be as large a priority to the people to whom it is given than to the person who actually paid for it and understands the value 
of what it took to get that home. They won't, they won't say, you know what, we need to make sure this property looks great because there's no, there's no net worth really in it to them. They were just given this thing. Oh, it's so maddening to me. Yep, that's right. You got it. Now, where, you, where do you stand on the vital question of the day? If, Holly, if you were told you have to surrender one, either air conditioning or the Internet, which would you surrender? I believe it would be air conditioning. I, See, it's, um, it's tough for me to give have, up air conditioning. Yeah, it's tough. But, you know, I do live in a place where there's winter and the hot summer doesn't last forever. And um, I actually don't have television service. I don't watch TV. <laughs> well, it's okay. But I, do have, but I do have Wi-Fi. So, you know, I use the Internet. I watch movies on Wi-Fi, some television shows through Wi-Fi. So if I gave up so, Wi-Fi, I'd be giving up all my entertainment. Well, not all of it. I do other things too, of course, but I'd be giving up that kind of entertainment. Totally. Well, entertainment and research in some areas. One of the Somebody called me during the break and said, uh, uh, if I gave up the internet but kept the air conditioning, could I go to the library and watch and look at the internet? And I said, no, you can't. <laughs> Giving up internet means all internet. I love, but they can go I to the, the library pe- and read some books. <laughs> yeah, that's a, another good idea. Get to the library, pick up a book, and look into it. It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Holly. Well, thank you for joining the conversation. I'm so happy you're out there. And, uh, thank you. And, this is and, a, enjoy- I've already in- talked hmm? um, to a radio host like this. might be my third time, and it was least nervous with you. Thank you so much. Well, I always feel like I'm talking to friends when I talk to this audience, so it, I, I'm glad it felt natural to you, too. Thank you, Holly. Have a great rest of your day. I, you I do love. I do love this audience. They're... They're smart. And she nailed me right away. The Nemecolon Resort is uh, it is in Pennsylvania, but it's really close to the West Virginia border. And that's where I got a little screwed up. All right. About uh, about 40 minutes away from talking to our friend, Dr. Wendy. And some of the things I wanted to talk to Wendy about, obviously, things that are in in the news legally. But there was a decision that came down from the Supreme Court today that I think is an important one. And people in the NFL and people who are self-righteous protectors of the Native Americans, even though they're not Native Americans, are going to be upset today. Those self-righteous Native American defenders who hate the Washington Redskins logo. Well, the decision out of the Supreme Court that said registered trademarks, if they are offensive, they are not necessarily illegal. So this was the the case actually was not built around the Washington Redskins. The case was actually built around a band called the Slants. The Slants, S L A N T S. And the Slants had members who were Asian. And people thought it was a very offensive name uh, especially referring to uh, some people use the pejorative term slant-eyed person when talking about Asians. So the slants were told they could not have their trademark because it was offensive. And they went all the way to the Supreme Court on it. And the Supreme Court ruled that you can't deny a trademark based on the fact that it might be offensive to some people. Well, guess what? It was just a few short years ago 
that the Washington Redskins were denied or had their trademark revoked because they were trying to force the Redskins to change their name. They couldn't force the name change, but by denying the trademark, revoking the trademark, they took away the financial incentive because, you know, you can sell merchandise with a trademarked logo and make money. Well, by taking away the Redskins' trademark, they took away a revenue stream, thinking the Redskins would change. They didn't. So the Supreme Court ruling today that uh, handed the slants a victory handed the Redskins a victory, too. And there's going to be a lot of people who wanted that logo changed, a lot of people who wanted that name changed that aren't going to be happy. And I, for one, say, too bad. Let the Redskins nation rise again and let them get paid for their trademark. We'll see what happens. I'm sure there'll be some discussion on this one all day today. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, welcome back to Piero Pelka. Busy day here as we're watching uh, many different things unfold in the world. Uh, I'm telling you to watch tonight. Watch the Senate tonight as the Democrats are going to try and slow things down. Try and bring to a halt the GOP's efforts to push through the Senate bill on health care which uh, they're saying they're going to try and get this done by the 4th of July. And again, I, I really think the GOP is trying to make a statement based on a date versus the actual, the actual quality of the bill. Remember the first time the House tried to pass their bill that would repeal Obamacare? They were trying to do it on the day that the original Obamacare bill was signed. So they focused on the execution on, based on the date, based on the history, as opposed to focusing on getting a decent bill done. And in doing so, they screwed the pooch. They messed it up. And then that started this, this down spiral, downward spiral on the health care issue which was one of the things that, that the GOP managed to get control of all three branches of government, the House, of the legislative government, of the House and the Senate and the, the White House, managed to get control of all three, which gave us another chance to help make the Supreme Court into a conservative place. They got it based on the hope that they would, the promise that they would redo health care and fix and get rid of Obamacare. 
get it out and replace it with something that would work. So they screwed it up the first time by trying to do it on the anniversary. And now we're playing this game with the 4th of July and the Independence Day recess. Now we're going to try and time it to this. And guess what? The Democrats know what you're up to. So instead of working on a bill and trying to make the timing work, you're going to get, you're going to get more problems. You're going to have a big problem, people. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And tonight, we'll see. We will absolutely see. All right. I guess I, I, I need to get to my kudos for Newt Gingrich. And sometimes this bothers me because I'm, I'm not a big Newt Gingrich fan. I'm glad Newt Gingrich is not the president. I'm glad Donald Trump didn't pick him as a vice president. I'm just, I think he's a really smart guy. But, you know, sometimes you need someone with a little diplomacy. However, he's good at explaining things like the situation between Donald Trump and uh, Mueller and Comey and the investigations and why, why, why we need to, we need to point out the connections between Mueller and, and the Democrats. Gingrich was on all the Sunday talk shows, and this was the basic spiel he delivered on, on the topic. I think, I think Trump sits there and says, let me get this straight. I know I didn't do anything with the Russians. Comey has said three times I didn't do anything with the Russians. Nobody on Capitol Hill has any proof I did anything with the Russians. And now I get an independent counsel who's going to mess up at least the next year at a minimum. And who, by the way, you'll notice is expanding his charge. I mean, now they're talking about not the Russians. They're talking about obstruction. Now they're talking about going and looking at financial files, if you believe the leak. And I said yesterday, you get two more leaks like this, Rosenstein's going to have to appoint a special counsel to investigate the special counsel. Do you think Rosenstein should recuse himself? No. I mean, I think this whole game of recusal now is, is this is a nightmare. I, and, I, and I don't think people realize this. You have, you have this, this legalistic nightmare trying to block the Trump presidency on behalf of a department which, in which 97% of the money was given to Hillary, and you want me to believe this is all just random behavior. As a historian, I don't believe it. And, and I thought that was really well laid out. He added a little bit more. So you think Bob Mueller is politicizing I, this investigation, no, you, and, you, and you, that's why you, you don't tell, trust you him? You tell me why the first four names that came up, I don't know about the next nine, the first four names are all people gave to Democrats. Two of them are people with a record of hiding evidence from the defense, and one of them is a person who defended the Clinton Foundation. Now, in this environment with a Justice Department where 97% of the donations for last year went to Hillary, 97%, explain to me why I should relax as a Republican. And you know what? Martha Raddatz, who was filling in this weekend for George Stephanopoulos, Martha Raddatz had nothing to say. He asked question after question of her. She had no response because she can't respond. Because it's the truth. The facts are absolutely cut and dried. Now, the thing that confused me is Donald Trump put out that tweet saying he was under investigation. And then he sends Jay Sekulow out to make the talk show rounds. And Sekulow, a, a guy I think is a brilliant man, a brilliant mind, a strong conservative. I think he was put in a bad spot. Because the president goes out and says, look, I'm under investigation. 
And then you send out a lawyer who says, no, he's not under investigation. I'm sorry, but that one's going to be fodder for the mainstream media, the liberal end of it, forever and ever and ever, no matter what Jay Sekulow says. Should we take that tweet from the president as confirmation that the president is under investigation? Let me be clear, the president's not under investigation. As James Comey said in his testimony, that the president was not the target of investigation on three different occasions. The president is not a subject or target of an investigation. That tweet was in response to a Washington Post story that ran with five unnamed sources without identifying the agencies they represented, saying that the special counsel had broadened out his investigation to include the president. They, we've had no indication of that. The president was responding to that particular statement from the Washington Post, again, with five anonymous sources. Right. And again, without even identifying the agency. So, no, the president's not under investigation, has not been. Well, Jay Sekulow's basing that on what James Comey told the president some time ago. And things can move pretty quickly in D.C., as we know. This only gives fodder to people like Adam Schiff to get in front of cameras and stir up more crap. What's happening here is the, the president wants to take down Bob Mueller. Uh, his lawyer wants to take down Bob Mueller. And the question is why? And I think the answer is they want to lay the foundation to discredit whatever Bob Mueller comes up with. They're essentially engaging in a scorched earth litigation strategy that is beginning with trying to discredit the prosecutor. Uh, and that's all that's happening here. I don't think we should uh, acquiesce in the besmirchment of this good man. And we ought to let him do his job. He is just getting started. Well, you know, the scorched earth policy here of, of the, as he's accusing the GOP and the president's lawyers of doing, the scorched earth policy does have some facts behind it. When you go out and find out that 97% of the four people or 90% of 7% of the money from the four people that Mueller has hired went to the Hillary Clinton campaign in their political donations. It's, it does bear looking into, it does bear mentioning it. Absolutely. You, you have to say, okay, come on, come on. We got to deal with this. So watch this space. I don't think you're going to see a, a recusal from uh, the assistant attorney general. I don't think you're going to see a firing of Mueller. And now that I've said that, I'm wondering if I've just jinxed Bob Mueller. <laughs> we will see. There's a whole lot going on here. A whole lot going on here. Uh, we are, we're um, 15 minutes away from talking to Dr. Wendy Patrick. I have some questions I want to ask her. I want to get into the story, uh, Glenn talked about it briefly this morning. The girl who was convicted of involuntary manslaughter over the text messages. And uh, it's a very interesting case to me. I also want to talk about the Cosby case. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll have, if we have time with Dr. Wendy, we'll get into whether or not she sees anything in the discussions at hand here about uh, the, the Bob Mueller investigation, the special counsel, and what the next steps would be. Because we've already seen a split inside the party. You know, you have Marco Rubio, who's telling uh, every news camera he can find that he wants the, the uh, Bob Mueller investigation to go on and be very thorough. You have Ben Carson, who's splitting with the president on this topic. 
and saying, you know, we have to have this investigation. So apparently those are two high-ranking officials who don't think that this is a witch hunt, as the president has said. When we get back, we need some stupid news, uh, some tragic news, some downright crazy news, and I'm just the man to deliver it, and we'll get there next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, boy. Taking a break from some of the uh, serious news to look at some of the stupid news that's out there. You know, it's not Florida, but that doesn't mean it's not stupid. Uh, A doll dubbed the Bride of Chucky is spooking the residents of a town in southeastern Peru. The blonde doll, the Bride of Chucky doll, has been filmed talking and moving, apparently, after its batteries were removed. Some of the locals are spreading around rumors that, in fact, it is possessed. A family in Louisiana, I'm sorry, a family in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, had to spend $30,000 refurbishing their home after a skunk got inside... And the family said it's worse than if the home had been on fire. Why? Why? Because guess what? Your insurance company doesn't cover skunks. And why don't they cover the skunk damage, the skunk spraying inside the house? Mostly because the family had a doggy door that allowed the skunk to come in. So those of you who have doggy doors... Uh, it couldn't be just another dog or a neighbor's cat coming in that could be a problem. These people, uh, big problem. Big problem. Maybe you should get one of those doggy doors with the collar that your dog then has like a chip that unlocks it. I'm just saying, it's one of those things. And uh, I think the, the uh, well, I'm not going to get to the odd story of the day just yet. Um, we'll, we'll finish up with that, but, um, the latest vodka, the latest flavored vodka, carrot vodka. I know we've had vodka made from potatoes, but now apparently there are people that are turning carrots into vodka. I don't think you get the same credit in terms of your diet for, uh, eating or drinking carrot vodka as opposed to eating carrots. No, but these are made from, uh, from carrots grown in uh, Queensland, Australia. So expect to see those here soon. It's like, it's like the chocolate we talked about over, um, over the weekend. We talked about the chocolate. It's Coco Loco. It's here in America already, and the company has powdered chocolate that they're encouraging people not to make chocolate milk but to snort it because it gets the chocolate in your system so much faster. And this one I'd love to see. This is a, uh, a dog in Seattle named Eclipse. A dog that has learned which 
which stop is the stop on the bus line for the the dog park? I'm not kidding. There's I will tweet out a link to this story. The dog catches the bus to a dog park three, four stops away from her home and does so without the aid of her human. They they attached a transit card to the dog's harness just in case she gets on the bus, but she's been doing it of late. Uh, she hurries onto the bus because apparently her owner is sometimes dawdling, smoking a cigarette. So he clips, sees the bus, hops on, and knows to get off in four stops. Been doing it for the last two years. And yes, they have video record of Eclipse, the bus riding dog of Seattle. At least the dog's not a scofflaw. At least the dog is paying the transit toll. And then my favorite story of the morning comes out of Mexico, courtesy of the folks at The Sun over overseas. But it's about a a pig farmer who has died, sadly. The pig farmer was apparently drunk when he started a fight with his pig and lost the fight. In the town of San Lucas, Mexico, San Lucas Ojitalan, in the southwestern Mexico, the farmer, Miguel Ayala Pablo, died from an infection caused by the wounds he suffered in the brawl. He came home drunk, reportedly, after a party, and somehow got in a fight with the pig he kept in his home. The animal managed to bite the man's testicles and sever three fingers on his right hand. He was rushed to the hospital without his tender vegetation and three fingers and ended up dying from an infection. Don't get in a fight with a pig, especially if you're drunk. You need all your faculties. All right, that's the strange news. At least the strange news for the moment. When we get back, we'll update you on everything else. Plus, Dr. Wendy joins us. It's Monday. Let's talk some of the weird stuff in the legal world. Next, I'm Piero Pelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.